Trying to look at the results of last night's election and determine exactly what they mean, perhaps some of the most interesting data points are those that refer to, say, the African-American vote and the Latino vote. Latinos made the difference for Harry Reid in Nevada. It turns out that more African-Americans voted for Republicans than perhaps ever before, and yet we have a, a United States Senate for the, for, for the first time in a long time is not going to have a single African-American in it. Theda Scotchpole, professor of political science at Harvard University, what are we to make of, of, of this sort of demographic oddity? Uh, African-Americans are overwhelmingly Democratic, and I think the lesson in this uh, election for Democrats will be that they need to pay more attention to making sure that uh, people turn out and that they understand what uh, the president is doing with the economy. Uh, Harry Reid probably did benefit from a backlash against Sharon Angle's um, overtly racist ads um, depicting Hispanics as menaces in, in Nevada. Uh, I suspect that will turn out to be an important part of the story there. Well, let's ask someone who may be able to answer that question. That's Theda Scotchpole. She's a professor of political science at Harvard University. She's with us all hour long as we look through yesterday's election results. Also joining us is Andre Gillespie, who's an assistant professor of political science at Emory University. Good morning, Andra. Good morning. Let me, let's listen to that ad, that one of the ads that Theda Scotchpole is talking about. This is a Sharon Angle ad attacking Harry Reid. Harry Reid, he votes to give special tax breaks to illegal aliens and to give illegal social security benefits, even for the time they were here illegally. Harry Reid, the best friend an illegal alien ever had. As far as attack ads go, that was one of her more mild attack ads that uh, featured Latinos. Did that end up being one of the deciding factors in that race in Nevada? Yes, I think so. One of the things that was really important about that ad was that critics came out and they immediately pointed out that the ad was racist, that the folks in the ad uh, appeared dark and appeared to be menacing and appeared to be Latino. And so if that had gone unnoticed or if it had gone unspoken, it would have had a chance to seep into the psyche of the electorate in Nevada. It was pointed out very early, and so therefore it didn't have the effect that it could possibly have. And at the same time, it served to galvanize and mobilize the Latino community to be able to vote. One of the things that we can see going back to the 1990s when Pete Wilson was running for governor um, of California was that when uh, Latinos are activated by immigration issues, not only do they register and vote in higher numbers, but that they sustain that participation for the long term. And there were, they, they, we were just saying earlier that there was a record voter turnout in Latinos, at least in Nevada. But let's ask a, a quickly about African-Americans. Uh, I mean, again, they were largely Democratic, but we did get more... Uh, more more African-Americans voting for Republicans than perhaps ever before. Does this signal perhaps a change, or is this just about the economy? I think we need to qualify this. I think we are used to looking at uh, black voter turnout and black votes for Democrats in light of 2008. So just because Barack Obama got um, upwards of 95 percent of the African-American vote doesn't necessarily mean that it's unusual for uh, blacks to vote 10 percent Republican. Um, Historically, we've seen it in the past 45 years where it's gone as high as 11 percent. So uh, even if we look back to presidential elections, which are not quite a fair comparison, we've seen instances where uh, Republicans have been able to get 11 percent of the African-American vote. So it's not that unusual what we've seen happen. The thing that most concerned me about yesterday's vote was that overall nationally, uh, African-Americans vote share in the entire electorate actually fell, not just from 2008, but also from 2006, which suggests that the Democrats didn't do a good job reaching out to African-American voters to get them to turn out and vote yesterday. Well, there's an enthusiasm gap. And really, the, the question for the next two years is how much of a window of opportunity is the recession in terms of its impact on African-American voters for uh, the GOP. We'll just have to see 
on that score. Andra Gillespie is assistant professor of political science at Emory University down there in Atlanta. Theda Scotchpole, um, let's talk a little bit about uh, the, the question of how you campaign in a state with a divided demographic. If you look at the Nevada race and also look at Colorado, it seems as though you can't necessarily win by trying to divide one part against the other, uh, even in a midterm where, as you say, the voter turnout is lower. Um, the Nevada result is really a failure of trying to do that play one group off against the other. Yes, and, you know, it's very tricky. Uh, it's going to get more tricky going forward for those in either party, particularly the GOP, that want to try to mobilize white anxieties about immigration. Now, that's a very important theme for the Tea Party. Um, uh, Tea Partiers are usually characterized as anti-government spending, but in many ways, the research that some of my graduate students and I have done shows that they're against spending for people they don't think are worthy of support. They're not against Social Security and Medicare for the most part at the grassroots, and the unworthy are illegal immigrants in their imagination. So... Appeals to them, though, can turn off a lot of moderate-minded people in the electorate who really just want action on improving the economy. That's Theda Scotchpole, professor of political science at Harvard, with us all hour long as we examine election results. And Andre Gillespie, I wanted to ask you about the the faces in our Congress now. We we did hear that we're getting our first representatives, uh, African American representatives for Republicans, in Congress, and yet we're going to have a Senate that doesn't have an African American in its ranks as of January. Is, is that something that we should be concerned about? Um, Well, from a descriptive representation standpoint, absolutely. Um, We knew going into this race that that was very likely. It became very uh, clear early on that Kendrick Meek was likely to not win the Senate race in Florida. Um, To put this into perspective and and keep it in mind, uh, Barack Obama uh, won a Senate race in 2004, so there's been black representation um, since 2005, but there was a six-year interim period between him and Carol Mosley Braun where blacks weren't represented in the Senate. And then also before that, going back to the mid 19 70s when Ed Brooke left uh, the Senate. So unfortunately, it's not unusual for blacks to be unrepresented. Um, in, but maybe in, that's in the, the problem. Well, I mean, part of the issue is I think a lot of people assume that because Barack Obama uh, shattered the glass ceiling for African-Americans at the national level, that it was going to be easier for blacks to win statewide office. It's proven to be quite difficult. So uh, Deval Patrick barely squeaks through, and Massachusetts governor yesterday, Kendrick Meek, um, didn't fare well. And earlier in the year, um, Harold Ford decided not to run for the Senate in in New York, and Archer Davis lost his uh, bid to be the Democratic nominee for governor in Alabama. It's still very difficult for blacks to win statewide office. Andrew Gillespie, assistant professor of political science at Emory University. 